How are we doing, Rich Church? 2,000 years ago, in a dirty, dingy, nasty, animal-filled cave that we call a manger, God came to be with us. And He came to live amongst us, and He came to be a part of this, and a part of what's going on in your life, and a part of what's going on in my life. And even in the times when it feels like that He is not with you, that is when He is most with you. He is with you. And so today we kick off a brand new series called Emmanuel, God With Us. And we're going to be looking at, uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about that, how, how God came to, to be with us, how God came to live amongst us, how, how God came uh, in the flesh of Jesus as a man to be with us. I got a couple of quick announcements for you, just real quick, uh, some things that you're going to want to know, and uh, it, it, there's a lot of these, so let me just go through them real quick, but if you miss something, always go to the website. Go to the website, ridgechurchonline.com. Everything is up there. You can get all the information there. Uh, there's also a link to the blog. Every Monday, there's something posted on the blog that says announcements that you may have missed, so if you miss something, you can always go back and check it out. Uh, up there, but real quick, there's a couple things going on tonight. Uh, Ridge students is tonight, 5:30. Uh, Ridge University, which is a uh, discussion type Bible study, open to anybody. So if you've got a student, middle school through high school, you're bringing them to Ridge students. Come and stay for Ridge University. That way you don't have to go home and then come back out and pick them up. Ridge University is tonight at uh, 5:30 as well. So we'll have some hot coffee for you. Hang out. It'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, on Tuesday night. Ladies Bible study is going on, so there's a lot of things going on. That's at 6 o'clock, and that takes place here at the campus as well. And then uh, two other things I want to tell you about. A couple of weeks ago, I shared with you how we as a church wanted to come together and help the community with uh, providing some uh, opportunities to minister to some families uh, through the central school system for Christmas. And and, uh, some of you have stepped up huge in huge ways. I think um, 12 families have been adopted for Christmas this year, so that's awesome. Uh, But there are four left. We have four left that, that need uh, to be adopted this Christmas, and um, you can help provide for them. You can help provide some uh, things that are needed for them. You can help provide some uh, toys maybe for the children or some items that the children need. And so if you want more information about how you can get involved in that, uh, then you'll need to talk to April Sweet, who is... There she is right there. She just raised her hand up right there. She'll be over in the cafe area uh, after service today, and she'll be over there for two reasons. One, for you to be able to get information about that, and two... 3G groups, our community groups. If you, uh, we're, we're just getting these started. We got these started this fall, and so maybe you've not been involved in 3G yet, or maybe you have, uh, but you want to be. You want to be involved in a community group that meets on a weekly basis. Well, this is your opportunity to get some information about that. Go see April. She'll put you down on an email list, and she'll get you some information out about that. And uh, there's a Christmas party actually coming up for 3G, uh, coming up this Friday, right, at 630 and it's here uh, at the building, and so you're like, oh, that sounds fun. You should have been in 3G, and you could have went to the Christmas party, all right? So maybe next Christmas, okay? But if you are in 3G, I'm just kidding. You're, you're welcome to come. If you just want to come and party, uh, there's going to be eggnog. It won't be spiked. At least I don't think so, but um, if you spike it, that's between you and Jesus. Okay, but uh, we, uh, we, we, we've got one more, th- one more other thing that I want to share with you, and I, I didn't bring it up here, I don't think, but... Um, Yes, I did. Christmas Eve Eve tickets. 
How many of you have a Christmas Eve Eve ticket already? You went online and, and got Christmas Eve Eve tickets. All right, so you can get these two ways. One, you can go online, go to the website. There's a link there, and you can get your free Christmas Eve Eve tickets. That's December 23rd at 7 p.m. I promise you it's going to be unlike anything you have ever experienced at this church. It's going to be an amazing time to celebrate the birth of Christ. And so, uh, Or you can actually go to the Ridge Central table, which is the table that you passed on the way in here. There are physical tickets that you can grab right there. You're not very web savvy. You don't like the internet. You think it's from Satan. Uh, you can grab physical tickets uh, on the table out there. Grab as many as you need for yourself and your family and for people that you want to invite. Um, I will tell you this. Online, we've only had registration and free tickets online for a week. And every seat but eight has been taken. All right? So uh, get your tickets. Get them quickly. Uh, we will make room for everybody, I promise you, and I don't know how yet, but uh, we'll do it, and so we're not going to turn anybody away, but it's going to be awesome, it's going to be packed, it's going to be amazing, invite your friends, it's going to be fun. All right, so we started, like I said, we started a brand new series today called Emmanuel, God with us. Let me ask you this question. When does the Christmas season begin for you? Is it at, like, you know, St. Patrick's Day, like for retail stores, you know, they start putting out Christmas decorations then? Or is it, you know, Halloween? Do, you know, you kind of get in the Christmas spirit around Halloween. I know some of you are freaks like that, and you put your Christmas tree up, you know, uh, on 4th of July. Some of you just don't take it down. But um, Christmas for me, see, I get really irritated with this because when I go to the store, like when I go to, you know, like Walmart or, you know, other places like that, and it's not even Halloween yet, and they've got Christmas decorations up, and people are talking about Christmas sales and all this stuff. I get irritated because I'm like, what about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving gets no love, you know? And so, like, I get upset about that because, I, you know, I like Thanksgiving. I, I love to celebrate Thanksgiving. And so, for me, the Christmas season doesn't really start until after I've had my last meal on Thanksgiving. That's it. That's when it starts. That's when I'm allowed to listen to Christmas music. That's when the Christmas tree goes up. Although I got to say our Christmas tree went up the weekend before Thanksgiving. I'm ashamed to say that. Um, my wife. Yeah, okay. So, um, but Christmas for me, it doesn't, it doesn't start for me until, until after Thanksgiving. But I know some of you, you're like, you know, you, you, you want to get a jump on things, and so you just, you know, you jump right into it. Like, it'll end on, you know, December the 25th this year, December 26th, you'll be shopping for next year. I know how some of y'all work. I mean, that's just how you do it. And, but, but for me, it was, it was Thanksgiving when it, when, it, when it really starts for me. And so, in, in, in Scripture, though, there was, there's this story, and we see the, the story of Jesus unfold starting in Matthew. I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it, it begins with the story of Jesus. And all scripture, Genesis through Revelation, it's all about Jesus anyway. Every bit of it, it's, it's all about Jesus. But we see the story unfold, how, how we get to be with God in the flesh. And it starts sooner than what a lot of us really think. Matthew chapter uh, 2. Turn there with us real quick if you have your Bibles. Matthew chapter 2. Um, the story, the Christmas story, starts uh, sort of in a, um, in a weird way in, in, some, in some aspects. We know this story. We're familiar with this story. 
But I think we miss something very important with this story. This is, it begins with the, the wise men, the magi. All right? So we, we, some of you call them wise men, some of you call them the magi, some of us call them the three kings. Um, we, we know a little bit about these magi, about these wise men. Number one, we don't really know if there were three of them. There might have actually been twelve. And so, you know, the scripture doesn't tell us that there were three of them, but we sing We Three Kings, right? And so we automatically think, and all major scenes have three, you know, wise men, they're all there. We don't really know if it was three. It might have actually been a little more than three. And so we, we uh, relate that to three because they brought three gifts, right? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we're like, each one of them probably carried one of the gifts. Maybe. We don't really know. What we do know about the Magi is that they were astronomers. They, they, they had their eyes uh, glued to the heavens. And so they were very smart when it came to um, astronomy. Not necessarily astrology, but astronomy. Okay, And so they had recognized this star that began to rise from the east. Now, if you want to get really scientific about that, we could. Uh, there's this great book. It's called uh, The Case for Christmas. It's written by a man named Lee Strobel. Uh, if you don't have that book and you want to like, really find out like, all the behind-the-scenes and the scientific stuff behind Christmas and all that stuff, go pick that book up. It's like 100 pages long. It's, it's really short. It's called The Case for Christmas. But uh, in that, they talk about how, how this star, it, wasn't, it probably wasn't even a star. It was probably a planet that, because the planet actually moved. You know, stars don't move. They're, they're stationary. They, they stay where they're at. But a, a, a planet will actually move because it's what? It's, it's rotating, right? Like, it, it's actually moving. And so it was probably a planet that they, that they happened to see at this time of year. Either way, it was what God was using to alert them that Jesus was coming. And so in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now let me ask you this. Who is that hard person to buy for in your family? Like, I mean, think, think about it for a second. Don't point at them. But who, who's, the, who's the hard person in your family to buy gifts for? I, I, I'll tell you who it is for my family. Everybody. Because I have no idea what to get anybody. I'm that guy that shops on December the 23rd, okay? December 23rd, December 24th, that's me. Men, can I get an amen? Let's, no, like, seriously. That's, that's, that's just, to me, it's like a sport. Like, that's how I do it, you know? I mean, it's like, you've got to fight the crowd. I mean, that's just fun to me. Like, I, I want to do that. That's, that's exciting to me. And so I don't start shopping until December the 23rd. And then I'm like... I was going to get this for you, but they didn't have it. And my wife is like, if you would have shopped, you know, three weeks ago, then they might have had it, you know, and that whole thing. But, oh, well, I enjoy it. She hates it, but that's okay. I'll tell you who else is hard to buy for. Jesus. What do you get the man who has everything? Better yet, what do you get the man who created everything? It's like, imagine for a minute trying to give a gift to Jesus, and he's like, that's cool, but I made that. Thanks. I've got one. All right. But um, I mean, seriously, what, what do you get? What do you get the man who has everything? I mean, Jesus. Some of us for Christmas, maybe you do the thing where you uh, I've seen people like where they, they bake a cake and they sing uh, that atrocious song called Happy Birthday, Jesus. All right. If you sing that song, I love you. But um, <laughs> like, 
I'm not going to go there. But I, I, I'm just kidding. But like you bake a cake and you, and, and you have this birthday party for Jesus. That's cool. There's no, nothing wrong with that. Or maybe you do something else to, to really signify this birthday party uh, for Jesus, uh, to, to celebrate that in a, in a different way. And so when you think about that, it's like, what do you, what do you give? Like if you were going to actually give a gift to Jesus, what do you give? Well, the only one thing that you can give him, and the only thing that you should give him, and it's the only thing that he wants, is our worship. And so these wise men, they came, in verse 2 it says, it says this, it says, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. They came, the whole purpose, the whole reason for these magi to come was to worship Jesus. And so that, that's the only gift that you, can, you and I can actually give Jesus is our worship. And so these magi, they bring these gifts to Jesus for the purpose of worshiping him. I think generally when, uh, when we talk about worship, a lot of times we think about singing songs. And we, and we think about just the, the act of actually singing out. And that is part of worship, but worship is so much more than that. Uh, the word worship in, in the Greek, it actually means to, to bow down and to give reverence to. And so these magi, they were coming, and the Bible says that they came, and when they came, they, they bowed down to Jesus, and they gave reverence to Christ, to the baby, Jesus. And so they knelt before him, focusing on, all of their attention on Jesus. Now about when, when it comes to Christmas, the one thing that I do know for sure about Christmas is that Christmas makes it very hard to focus on things, doesn't it? To focus on, on the real true things, on the, on the real things that really matter. And the one thing that matters most is Christ and our relationship with him and our worship of him. Because Christmas is so busy. I mean... You, Parties and, and shopping and family and all that stuff. All of those are great things. Those are fun things. But we can lose Jesus in all of those things. And so today what I want to do for just the next few minutes is I want us to slow down. And I want us to focus for just a minute on Jesus and our worship of Jesus. And, and how we should, should take a deep breath for a minute. And focus on Christ, the redeemer of our sins, the rescuer of our lives, the one who came to be with us, to live amongst us. I want to give you three really good reasons why we can worship Jesus this season, why we should worship Jesus this season. Three reasons to to just put our focus on him. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down if you want. There's just three of them. We should worship Jesus because of who he is. We should worship Jesus because of who he is. If you flip back one chapter in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel has come to Mary and, and, and speaking to Mary about, about what is to come. And Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says this. It says, She will bear a son, and she shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Do you understand that the term Emmanuel, God with us, do you understand that that term during that time was very scandalous? Like, it, like you didn't just say that to somebody. You didn't just say, hey, God is with us. He is uh, amongst us because you didn't speak the name of God. You didn't, not like us, like nobody stood up on a stage and said, God, you got killed for that. Seriously. In fact, when they would, when they would write the name of God, they would write Yahweh, okay? And, and they would take out all of the vowels. They just left the consonants. That's how holy and how reverent they were to God. And so to say God is with us, that God is amongst us, it was a very scandalous Thing. You didn't just blurt those things out loud. And so here is God. God comes and he reveals himself through his son, Jesus. And I love that thought. I love that picture. I, I love the, just the phrase, God with us, because here's the, here's the thing. If you want to know what God looks like, if you want to know what God is, if you want to know the character and nature of God, look at Jesus. You put your focus on Jesus. You look at Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus, who is God in the flesh. He's he's the alpha. That means he's the beginning. He's the omega. That means that he's the end. I don't know about you, but I've read this book. I've seen the credits at the end. We win. He wins. He is the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. He's the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God. He's the Redeemer. He's the redeemer of our sins. He's the redeemer of our lives. He restores us. He gives us second chances with his grace. And that's all because he came to be with us. And so we should worship him for his identity. Just for who he is. That, because that is who he is. The redeemer. The restorer. That is who he is. We should just, we, if, if, if that's all we ever got of Jesus, that should be enough. That should be more than enough. A lot of times we want to take Jesus and we only want to focus on what he's actually doing. Like he, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we, 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 we focus on his activity and not just his identity. It's all about what, what is Jesus doing for me? What, what is he doing for me? That's what I want to worship him for. But we should start our worship with just who he is. We have to worship him for his identity and not just his activity. Jesus Jesus is not a vending machine. So if we can't worship him for just his identity, then we're missing out. We're missing out. Second thing, we should worship him because of what he's done, because of what, is, what he's done. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. You want to know what Jesus has done? Maybe, you, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, okay, show, what has he done? What has he done for me? Because right now it feels like he's not doing anything for me. Let me just tell you what he's done for you. This is what he's done, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. You need to understand, and I need to understand, and we need to understand and realize that at one time, before you met Christ, you were dead. You had no hope. You had no hope. 
I had no hope. There was no light. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. You want to know what God has done for you? You want to know what Jesus has done for you? He gave you a gift that you could not buy. He gave you a gift that you could not purchase. He gave you a gift that you did not deserve. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love that passage of Scripture because it's so powerful, because it reminds us that of what God has done for us. You need a reminder of what God has done for you? He saved you. If He has saved you, if He has saved you, then that's what He has done for you. If you sit there and you're like, you know what, I just don't think that He's really done anything for me. Well, then you don't know Him. And He's done something for you. You just don't know it yet. I think that we can, we can know the story. You know, we, can, we, can know, we know the story of Christmas, don't we? Like, we, we know the story. We know Matthew chapter 1. We know Matthew chapter 2. We know Luke chapter 2. We know the story of Christmas. We know about the manger. We know about the virgin birth. We know about these things. We know the story of Christmas, but do we know the Jesus in the Christmas story? Do you know him? Do you know the Jesus in the Christmas story? I believe with all of my heart because I've seen it with my eyes, I've experienced it with my own life, but I know this without a doubt that a single moment with Jesus changes everything. A single moment with Christ changes everything. I love that song that we sang, the glory of it all, and that we will never be the same. Do you understand that when God came to be with us, that when he walked down from heaven to be with us in the flesh, that Everything changed. That nothing would ever be the same. That a new day has come. That a new dawn has been seen. That a new light has chased away the darkness. God with us. A single moment with Jesus changes everything. We have to worship him, not only for just who he is, but because of what he's done. If, if, God has, if God has done something for you, namely saved you, then we should worship him for that. We should worship him for that. We should honor him for that. We should be reverent to him to that. We should be able to kneel before him because of that. And let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. This is, this is free. I'm not going to charge you for this. But I've got to say this because this was bothering me last night for some reason. Men... Listen to me for a minute. It's not, uh, you're not a sissy to worship. Can I, can I just say that? Can I, can, do you, because you might need to hear that. You're, you're not a sissy because you sing a song. All right? You're not a wuss because you come to church. You're not, a, you're, you're not a wuss because you serve in the children's ministry or the student ministry or you help park cars or you do something like that. That actually makes you more of a man. I'm sick and tired and just 
livid with the fact that men cannot get their hands and their head around the fact that Christ died for them just as much as they died for a woman. And so we should live that way. We should honor him that way. We should act that way. David in the Bible, the man David, I don't know if you know much about David, but I think David was probably more, the, more of a man than any of us in here. And he killed a giant with a rock. Uh, you might have killed a deer with a bow, but, you know, you, I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, I, don't, I, I mean, you, I'm, I'm just saying. And he wrote worship songs to God. Just saying. We should worship him for his identity. We should worship him because of what he's done. last one is this. We should worship him because of what he will do. We should worship him because of what he will do. When the Magi came to see Jesus, he hadn't done anything yet. He was a baby. He, he threw up and pooped, and that's it, and he cried. He was a baby. He's like, but he was Jesus. He didn't really do that. Yes, he did. He was a baby. He, all babies do it. I promise you. I've got one. I know. That's what he did. He was a baby. He hadn't done anything yet. But they came to worship him, to kneel before him, to honor him, to give him reverence because of what he would do. Do you, do you, remember, what, do you remember what it said in, in Matthew there? It said that he would come to save the world from their sins. And so they came to worship him for that, for what he would do. I, some of us today are in a moment and we're stuck in a place where it's hard for us to lift our eyes up to heaven and worship and honor God right now because we feel like that maybe he's just not doing enough for us or that he's not really doing anything for us in this moment. Can I just tell you that that moment is coming? That there is something coming? That, that there is a moment, there, there is a thing, there is a, there is a time, there is, there is something that God is doing that just has not happened yet that is on its way? And that you should worship him forward? Uh, forward? You, you should worship in faith in a forward motion? And, and you should claim victory in that now instead of waiting to see what happens. Too many times we sit and we go, I'm just waiting for God to open that door. I'm just waiting for God to open that door. Maybe God's just waiting for you to see that the door is open. You know what I'm saying? And so you should claim that victory now. Go, just take it. Take it. Worship him for what he's going to do. Let me ask you this. What are you praying right now that's not been answered yet? What are you praying for right now that's just not been answered yet? Maybe you've been praying it for years and it's just not been answered yet. Maybe you've been asking God for a long time and it's just not been answered yet. Do you have the faith to believe that it will be? Or have you given up? We just came out of a series where we talked about Joshua for, for four weeks. And we talked about in Joshua chapter 1 how God had made a promise to Moses and, and then he makes a promise uh, to 
um, to Joshua as well. And that promise was, was a, an amazing promise. He said, Joshua, you're going to go into this promised land, and there's going to be battles that you're going to have to fight, and there's going to be wars that are going to rage on. But I'm going to tell you, I, I promise you this. I make this covenant with you. This is what the Bible says. He says, everything that your feet touches, I have already given you, and I am going to be with you. That was a forward motion. That was not a past tense, that was a present and, and future tense of what he was saying. He says, so you go forward and go forward with the faith to believe that I've gone before you. Are you, are you praying that way? Are, you, are, are your prayers, are, are you praying that way? Are you praying that God has gone forward, that God, God has gone before you? That you are already believing that God has answered your prayer? We have to worship him for what he's going to do. I love Ephesians 3.20. We built this church on this verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I believe that because of what he's going to do, the best is yet to come. Because of what, what God has not done yet, but is going to do, I believe that the best is still yet to come. And that it's going to be more than you could imagine. It's going to be more than I can, could imagine. It's going to be abundantly more than any of us could ever dream up. But do you believe that? Do we worship him for what he's going to do? The one gift that we can give this Christmas to Jesus is our worship. For who he is, for what he's done, and for what he's going to do. A lot of times um, when I pray, a lot of times I always end my prayers almost sometimes the same way. And I just thank him. I say, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. We have to honor him and worship him because of those reasons. In view of who Christ is, for what he's already done, for what he's going to do, we should worship him with our lives. God is with us. God is is with you. God is with us. This morning, as we close, if you know the Christmas story, and you know, you know everything, you, you know all the stories about Jesus. Maybe you know more than the Christmas story. You know, you know all the Bible stories. You know the, the whole Jonah and the well thing. You know about... Adam and Eve. You know about Peter walking on water. You know about Paul being blinded and falling off a horse. Maybe you know all the stories, but you don't know the Jesus. Then I want to invite you this morning to know the Jesus who has done something for you. Who, because of who he is in nature, because of him being God, being rich in mercy, and because of what he's done, that he came and lived a life on this earth when he did not need to. 
to die a death that should have been given to us to redeem us for our sins because of what he's done and for what he's going to do and that what he's going to do is rescue you and redeem you and sit you at a place in heaven for eternity. That's what he's going to do. If you don't know the Jesus of the Christmas story, I want to invite you this morning to know the Jesus of the Christmas story. To give your life to him. To simply pray the prayer of God, forgive me of my sins, save me, rescue me, redeem me. What better story to share than the story to share that says, you know what, I've got a second birthday and that second birthday is the same time that Jesus celebrates his birthday. So you give your life to Christ and start new. Let's focus on Jesus, the greatness of his glory for who he is and what he's done and for what he's going to do. This morning as we close and pray, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. To to worship in forward faith. Maybe it struck a chord with you when we talked about how, how maybe you're praying something and it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe today you need to stand before God and say, God, I'm claiming victory over that. I'm stepping into that. I'm going to keep praying that because I know that you're doing that. Or maybe today you're coming to Christ for the first time and so you know the Christmas story but you don't know the Jesus and so you're saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me. Or maybe you're just going to take a moment today and slow down. It's been busy. It's been crazy. Christmas has been nuts already. It's not, we're still two weeks away. And it's already been just absolutely bonkers for you. And you're stressed out. Your tinsel is all tangled up. Your lights are all out. You're mad. You want Christmas to be over. Like you're done. You're just like, let's just get to January. Then maybe you just need to slow down. Take a deep breath and focus on Jesus because of who he is, because of what he's done, and because of what he's doing. Let's pray. Father God, God, you chose to be with us, to come near to us. God, to live a life with us that God was a surprise to us all. But Jesus, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that you came to be with us. God, we thank you that you humbled yourself to become a man and to live amongst us, to come and to touch us and to heal us and to give your life for us. God, we just want to focus on you. We want to make Christmas about you and only you. We want to enjoy and celebrate the things that, that come with Christmas, God, but God, we want to make sure that you are the center. And the fact that you came to be with us was the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And as a small payment back that doesn't even compare, God, we want to honor you with our worship, to be reverent before you.
this morning, if you're here and you're, you're, you're taking a minute to slow down and focus on Jesus, so I can pray for you, you just lift up your hand. You're saying, I've got to slow down. This is nuts. This is, this is crazy. Amen. Amen. Or maybe you, you've got to step forward in forward faith this morning and, and claim the victory. And so you, can I pray for you? Because, because you've been praying something for a long, long, long time, and you're just having a hard time worshiping Jesus for what he's going to do. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just say, Amen. 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 If you're here this morning and you know the Christmas story, but you don't know the Jesus, but you've just met him, and you're coming to him for the first time, asking for forgiveness of your sins, and asking him to come into your life and to save you. If that's you, just throw up your hand. Amen. God, we honor you, we worship you, we love you, Jesus. That you became a man. Only so that you could die. for me. We love you, Jesus. This morning as the band plays and you continue to worship, you're welcome to come down front and pray. Somebody will come and pray with you if you want. Or you can sit right where you're at. You can stand to your feet. You can honor and worship God as we close this morning. Now I use that term loosely, close. Your worship of Jesus does not end today when the song ends. It needs to last. It needs to go with you. You need to take it and to keep that at the front. Because Christmas, although there are so many great things that go with it, I love eggnog. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for eggnog. But Christmas is about Jesus. So let's focus on Him.